Hello, and welcome to 15 Minutes to Change the World, where in 15 minutes you can learn a bit more about the world and how you can help change it. My name is Lema Al-Safi, standing in for Kasha Sushin as host of this podcast. Every minute, 20 people around the world leave everything they have behind to escape war, persecution, or terror. Today, there are 68.5 million forcibly displaced people and 25.4 million refugees worldwide. World Refugee Day is June 20th, and to help us mark this day, where we honor the strength and courage of refugees, we are speaking with Deborah Kellner, director of the documentary film Inside My Heart. Described as a testament to courage in the face of adversity by Filippo Grandi, the United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, the film chronicles the lives of three families who were forced to flee Syria and Afghanistan at the peak of the refugee and migrant crisis in 2015. Deborah, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to chat with you today. Can you tell us what inspired you to make the film Inside My Heart? I uh, was called uh, down by a good friend to meet him in, in Greece in the fall of 2015. And I, while we were there, two little girls who had literally just gotten off of a boat, uh, like you know, so many thousands of refugees. And I met two little girls, uh, twin girls from Afghanistan. They were staying in a refugee camp called the Moria Camp, which was pretty horrific condition. They uh, were seven years old, and I asked their parents if I could do a little interview with them. And I sat down with my crew in, in the middle of this field, which had been, you know, which previously had beautiful olive trees, and everything had been sort of decimated down to the, the ground. And these two little girls sat there. They gave just an incredibly art articulate depiction of what they had gone through in order to get to Europe. And at the time, you know, there was a certain amount of chaos going through throughout Europe because of the attacks that had just happened days before in Paris. And I just listened to these two little girls. I couldn't believe how resolute and how incredibly brave and courageous they were. Mm. In the morning, I woke up and I thought, I have to go back and, and see those two little girls again. I, I have to do more than just interview. I didn't know that, but they were my inspiration was for the film certainly uh, growing in that time. I returned, and then the family did an interview, and I realized everything that they'd gone through. And I just thought to myself, if these two speak with such wisdom and um, insight about humanity, then certainly I could play a part. So we made a pact before we left. When you make it to wherever it is you're going, write to me and then if, we, if, if I can, I'll come see you. And uh, so really, the inspiration really grew and say that the genesis of the film really starts in those early meetings, definitely with, you know, their bravery. So, you know, they, they, they were, I would 
pretty much the pure source of inspiration. And then, of course, along the way, you know, many other people, we met a lot of other people and there was a lot of other moments that were inspiring. But those two little girls really, really just, uh, they were kind of like a wake up call. Deborah, what strikes me about the film Inside My Heart is the intimate access that it has uh, into the lives of refugee families. Why do you think you were allowed to get so close? There's a couple of reasons. I think that one of them is that for many years of photojournalists, and of course one of the important rules that most photojournalists would agree with is that there are three rules. And the first one is to get close. And one is to get closer. And then the third rule is to get even closer. Hmm. So I, I think that, you know, as a filmmaker, that's sort of, I, I like to be close to people and I like people to feel like there's this confidential uh, feeling um, in between the subject and who's actually watching. The other reason I feel like there was a, a proximity is I think that just as much as we can in our regular day-to-day life, you know, ordinary people, we can just we can just meet people who we have a special connection with. And one of the things that kind of shocked me at the time, we could only really make out that there was this mass of people arriving. Thought, wow, what if we could what if we could just tell simple stories about these people? What if we we could just take a handful of people and let them speak. So I feel also that, you know, the investment of time really was a big part of allowing, you know, my crew to get close to the people. And honestly, you know, when people have been through so much grief, imagine if you had to leave your home behind and if you lost almost everybody in your family. Imagine if you lost your job, your everything, your your whole livelihood someone to talk to and someone maybe even to confide in and I sort of I I often felt like as a filmmaker that I was you know a way for them to and to share something Carrie didn't just stop because we stopped filming it when it was ongoing and you know so I I think that when you when you're doing something real like this you you know you, you there's no way out you've got to you have to be authentic and I think that, you know, if you can achieve making people feel like you genuinely care, which I did, then, then they open up. It's a, a human way to connect with people. Deborah, can you, can you speak to some of the challenges that you saw facing the refugee families who are covering great distances to find safety, oftentimes with young children? I think people underestimated, and because there's, you know, the 68.5 million refugees in the world today what suffering these people have gone through to get someone to leave their home and to know that they'll never go back Mm. is such a monumental and to have to do it in situation of duress. We have to consider that everybody's story is similar and I think getting that they're going to go, that's one thing. And then the second thing is the integration. You know, a lot of them get there and they're running on adrenaline from the time that they've left their homes until they reach and then they reach and then they you know and that's often when they when they're they find themselves depressed and real you know just the 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 mental health you know and you know being able to start your life over i think that's one of the the hardest things imagine if you you know from from one day to the next you you just have to leave and start over again these people they arrive and 
they have to integrate, they have to find, they have to, and to, to find a country to be, I, I would say that it, it's endless, you know, what they actually have to go to in order to reach safety. So I think one of the greatest things that we could probably do is, is to find ways to build community around these people because I, th- I think there's enough, there's enough stories about immigration. I think this is one of the greatest things that we can do is find a way to be all-inclusive with everyone. Do you think people in Canada are paying enough attention to what's going on around the world with refugees? Something that's kind of interesting, having been out in the field a lot and in a lot of refugee camps, usually when I tell people, uh, they're like, oh, what country are you from? And I'll say, well, I'm from, I'm from Vancouver, I'm from Canada. I, I would say that from the perspective of the refugees, they think of Canada certainly as one of the top destinations if yeah. you can ever get to that country. So I would say that Canadians have done, have had an amazing welcoming policy. Obviously, it's not perfect. There's always room for adjustment and change and improvement. But I would say that, you know, compared to a lot of other models throughout the world, uh, I think that Canadians have um, um, not only rose to the occasion and Canada sets, sets, uh, sets out at front, but I certainly think that they, um, there's a good uh, precedent been set. What what message, if you could send a message to policymakers, seeing that you have the experience that you do and you've you've had this access to families and, and following over a period of three years, what, what would you want them to know about refugees? I think that if we can look closer and and listen to these stories mm-hmm. and you know, by by understanding things better, by understanding people's stories, you know, we can learn to care about people. And there should be a little bit more focus on the economical aspects of the arrival of refugees. We know that uh, they bring something enormous to economies. And I think that being able to communicate amongst our communities is probably the best things that we can do. Deborah, what feeling or message do you hope people will walk away with after seeing your film? What I hope people can say, how, how can I help? Have have compassion for, you know, this issue, to not let this issue die out by all sorts of other ongoing press, you know, and to know that other people are out there and they need our help and to not let the issue die. Really, when you think about the numbers, you know, there's thousands of people every day, everywhere who are leaving their homes and the issue is not going away anytime soon. So, you know, I hope that the film can just raise a level of caring and awareness and true empathy. With World Refugee Day just around the corner, what are some simple things someone listening right now at home can do to make a difference when it comes to refugees? There's a, there's a couple of ways. You know, I think that a lot of people see the refugee crisis and they go, well, what can I do? I'm like, I'm only myself and I don't really have any money. So what can I do? Well, you can donate time. Find an orga- a local organization or a church or a, a community center who's involved with the refugee crisis. And just offer your time. Meet these people. Reach out to them. Listen. You know, often people, they, they read where they're going and, and they really just need time to rebuild and to, to be able to share what they've actually gone through. So depending on whatever you do, gather your friends, all our cupboards and, and like donate or, or raise some money or it's, you know, just a little bit of will can go a long ways. Thank you so much, Deborah, for taking the time to talk with us today. It was a pleasure speaking with you, and we wish you the best of luck with the film. My pleasure. Thank you to all our listeners for tuning in.
As always, you can stay up to date on our newest episode of 15 Minutes to Change the World on Spotify and iTunes.